knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Habitat Podcast, the podcast for wildlife habitat management, hunting strategy, and land stewardship. And now, your host, Jerry Van Heath. Welcome to the Habitat Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Van Heath, guys, and it is fall. Welcome back. We're here to become better habitat managers. I'm fired up. I've got a brand new podcast for you here today. Bow season opens tomorrow in Michigan. Jacked up about that, too. Um, but we'll get to that. So right now, we're talking to Lowell Larson Sr. Now, Lowell is a partner of ours. He invented the Squirrel and the Squirrel 1.5. Those are two nut-planting devices that he invented. Uh, Lowell is from the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. We had him back on... Um, here recently to cover his new product, the Squirrel 1.5. So all these products are made in the, the UP, um, you know, Menominee, Michigan for powder coating, assembled in the Marquette area and ready to go. So if you're interested, check the link below. You can check them out on our website or his website. But the things we're covering today in this episode, we're covering the difference between the Squirrel 1.5 and the original Squirrel. Um, you know, there's different nuts that you can plant with a larger version. So the difference is a larger diameter uh, pipe or, or shoot, if you will, for the nut. Now, that will allow chestnuts or uh, our friend Brad's even planting cypress with it um, or wants to. So we also talk about how you can plant hundreds and thousands of acorns and trees without bending over or breaking your back. We talk about what planting conditions are perfect. Uh, when you need to gather the seeds, how you need to stratify the acorns, take care of them, test the ground to make sure the ground's okay. Um, we talk about planting prior to a timber harvest. So a lot of the land plan consulting services that we offer, uh, a timber harvest is needed. And doing this using the squirrel prior to a harvest um, is awesome. The seeds will stratify over the winter, you know, the, the tops from the trees then protect these seedlings from deer browse. So we'll get into all that, guys. Uh, we also have a 10% off code for listeners of the Habitat Podcast. If you want the Squirrel or Squirrel 1.5, all you have to do is uh, mention that in the notes when you order on the website. Uh, you can email lowell at nutplanter at gmail.com, or you can even 
uh, purchase it um, and give him a call. That's what I recommend. Like, I'd just call Lowell up because he's a great guy. Uh, you'll as you'll hear in the podcast, fun guy to talk to, full of information. It's just a great habitat management guy like the rest of us. So, guys, appreciate you coming back. Let's get right into it with uh, Lowell Larson Sr. here in a second. I want to thank, um, first of all, Killer Food Plus. So, my food plots, I don't know about y'all's, but mine are looking really, really good right now, um, especially the no-till stuff I did. You know, I went out last week with my friend Ryan Timoney. We went out to the 15 acres, and we put on the KFP Soil Defender on top of the brassicas and clover and, um, no, I'm sorry, the brassicas and the deep woods mix. So it's a foliar application, the Soil Defender product, on top of the great seed mixes that I planted earlier this fall. And the tonnage is just awesome. Um, I have the truck hammer pictures. Deer are in there every day, every night, every morning. Uh, they're hammering the KFP seed. Um, I also got an interesting text from my buddy Skip Keegan out in uh, PA, and he's planting it in New York, state of New York, and he's really enjoying the KFP seed too. And, uh, you know, Nick just has very high-quality seed over there at Killer Food Plots. We have a 10% off if you want to order. A lot of guys still, um, down south especially, haven't got all their plots in yet. Feel free to use code HP10%. The link will be below in the show notes, and um, tell them Habitat Podcast sent you. Now, lastly, I want to talk about afflictor broadheads. So I've been looking at and considering a new broadhead this year, and I was pumped to find that some of my friends are shooting afflictor. I checked them out. I got the fixed EXT two-blade broadhead. Now, that's a fixed blade, two-blade. It has some bleeder blades as well, so, you know, a couple four blades um, if you really want to get particular. And it flies great. Now, I've shot this thing out to 40 yards. It hits hard. It flies right with my field tips because my bow is tuned correctly. A lot of people don't like fixed blades because they... Um, they amplify whatever issues you might have in your bow setup in terms of tuning. So mine's tuned up great, um, and these things are durable. I shot one through a shoulder blade, uh, blew right through it, and that's the same one that I'm practicing with today. Um, they're 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 awesome. They're uh, you know the the ferals are made in Dayton, Ohio. Um, they're assembled in Texas, and uh, you know they're here good American product. Um, if you go to their website, there's some prompts there where you can. Uh, get a discount code of your own. So check out Afflictor Broadheads and uh, just Google Afflictor Broadheads or go on the HabitatPodcast.com website. You will see the link to Afflictor's site and check them out there. Now, guys, let's um, talk real quick about our land plan services. We're booking into 2022 right now, digital and in person. I have a cool uh, surprise coming. Uh, you have to wait till about December 1st to hear about it, but the land plan service is going to be great in 2022. So if you're interested, check us out at habitatpodcast.com slash land plans. Again, as I always say, the link is in the uh, show notes below. Now, I want to thank Packer Max Cult Packers, Michigan Whitetail Pursuit, Exodus Trail Cameras, Realtree United Country Land Pro, Lake States Realty and Auction, and last but not least, Morse Nursery for their support in the podcast. You guys have heard enough from me. Let's get right into it. Everything nut planting onto your property with the squirrel and Lowell Larson. All right, guys. 
We are back with Mr. Lowell Larson. How are you doing today, Lowell? Terrific. Thank you. Well, we had you on before. Um, Brian, you remember that? That was way back in episode 53. Yeah, barely. But I do remember <laughs> it because it was such a cool product that he came up with. And... Yeah. yeah it's like the, the perfect product for our, our podcast. You know, it's like literally the same niche. I mean, it's huge. So, Lowell, welcome back to the show. You were on episode 53. I'll have that link in the show notes if anybody wants to go back and listen to to the squirrel. I was actually camping in Marquette when you came to the campsite and visited me, and we recorded a show with you and your son. And, yeah. um, well, welcome back. So let's hear a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and uh, why we're chatting here today. Well, I'm Lowell Larson. I'm from Marquette, Michigan. I'm a 78-year-old hunter, landowner, grandfather, father, of course, and um, I'm uh, working to improve our woodlands for hunting and recreation for our future generations. And I'm doing that um, by um, uh, my invention with the squirrel. Uh, I hope to um, uh, plant, uh, I have two uh, separate properties that I've been planting acorns and uh, uh, chestnuts on. And uh, so I, um, I mean, I know it's a long process, and when I use my uh, age of 78, and I, I'm saying that uh, I'm not going to be sitting under these trees, as the saying goes. So, um, but for the future generations, my grandkids and so on, I hope that uh, I improve my land with uh, uh, a good mass product that uh, will attract uh, various animals, bear, deer, turkeys, grouse, uh, blue jays, uh, squirrels, all those animals eating on on the uh, acorns. So now this this uh, area of the of the state, Michigan, you're in the Upper Peninsula. Um, is are acorns one of the larger food sources in that area? I know beech nuts are big up there too. Or are you not seeing a lot of acorns in your area? No, we have we have one. Pretty uh, abundant crop of acorns. This year is a real bumper crop this year up here. Um, they were really coming down yesterday. Um, we had a little wind, and um, I mean, they were just pounding down. Um, my wife and I went out and gathered up uh, two five-gallon pails uh, just in our yard alone. Um, and I looked out there this morning, and I could go and do it again, I think. <laughs> wow, that's, that's awesome. And I know you actually sell acorns on your website, but... We're, we're here to talk about the squirrel. Let's hear um, what you invented, when you invented it. Give us a quick story on that. I know we talked about it on on 53, but you have a new a new product in your line okay. of products. So let's hear about kind of where it started, how you got to it, and then we'll get into some more nitty-gritty stuff here shortly. Um, I had a forester come in and write a forestry plan for my one of my properties, and he noted the um, – lack of solid mass for for animals such as acorns and so he said what you were interested in acorns or in uh, hunting deer and so on i would suggest that you plant some acorn uh in your forest and prepare some sites for it so that um you'll have future uh use of um the uh, 
oak trees. Well, at that time, back in the 90s, that's 30 years ago, um, <clears throat> even back then, some people said, well, why are you planting acorns now? I, I, I'm not doing it for myself, but I'm doing it for the future. But those that I planted back in the 90s are now producing acorn, uh, a nice acorn crop in, on my property. And um, it tends to hold a deer nearby at this time of the year. Um, but I came across, um, uh, the forester was asking me about uh, planting. And I said, well, I, got, I have to come up with something that's going to work a little easier than getting on my hands and knees and planting acorns and trying to get them at the proper depth and so on. So I started working on this idea of the squirrel. And I, um, I developed this product so that uh, it would plant the nuts in a standing, when I'm in a standing position, wouldn't have to stoop over, um, prop, uh, planting at the proper depth. And one thing about planting acorns as opposed to um, seedlings is you can plant a lot of acorns at a very reasonable cost. And um, the forester suggested that by planting from the nut, what it does is it sends down a taproot that secures the tree, where a lot of times you'll get what they call J-rooting, where the, where the taproot doesn't get down far enough. And then the tree is subject to blow over about the time they start producing acorns. So um, that's why I, uh, I took off on this idea in the 90s, and I didn't do much with it until here back a few years ago. And... Uh, my wife said, when are you going to do something about that tool? And it was sitting in the garage. So working with NMU and um, uh, I went over to a, what they call invest, um, uh, where people would develop uh, um, patents. And we put some students to work on it. We fine-tuned it. And uh, we made our first squirrel. Well, then... I went to Ohio on a meeting, uh, the Paul Bunyan meeting in Ohio, and people that would stop at my booth was were interested in this squirrel, but many requests were for chestnuts, which prompted me to make a larger um, squirrel that would uh, accommodate a larger seed. So I went to the 1.5, which I developed this year, and we manufactured, and now they're starting to move. So that's a long story. <laughs> so, Lowell, walk us through the differences. Last time we had you on, we went through the original version of the squirrel. Kind of tell us the Cliff Notes version of that, what that has, and, and what the improvements were on the 1.5. Well, the 125, <clears throat> uh, the difference primarily is the uh, one. 0.5 is a larger um, tubing system and uh, cutting system, which adds about an extra pound to the weight, but it's gone from one-inch diameter holes to inch-and-a-half to accommodate the larger nuts. And um, But um, uh, I, I find that um, the 1.5 would work just as well for the acorns as well, but um, the people that want to plant the larger nuts, the chestnuts and the, the larger nuts, would go to that um, 
The eight okay. coins. Yeah. So the uh, 1.5 can do the larger nuts and everything else the squirrel could do. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. So what else could you plant with the 1.5 besides the uh, oaks that you really started out with? What other kind of nuts are you running through the new one? Okay, well, <clears throat> I had a, uh, a gentleman that, um, from down, I think it was North Carolina. He had planted um, oaks with my um, original um, squirrel, and he sent me an email the other day that um, – he has now started using it for planting uh, plum trees, wow. which surprised me. And I had one person ask me about the possibility of using it for um, uh, pumpkin seeds. So I guess whatever you can put down the tube, um, you know, it'll work. <laughs> yeah, so walk us through that. How does that work with putting the seed into the tube? Okay, as you walk <clears throat> along in the woods um, and you um, – find a location you think that a, if you want to put in a tree, you simply give it a twisting action, pushing it into the ground. Or if the ground is real hard, um, there is a foot peg that you can um, put pressure on to help core out that soil. It, it cores out the hole, pulls it out of the ground. You move it over. You take your seed, drop it into the directional tube. It puts it into the hole. You take your tube back that you took the core out with and push the lever down and it puts the soil sample on top of the nut and then you simply firm it up with your foot and walk on. And you can go, oh, you can plant depending on the soil conditions and the site preparation, you can put 100 to 300 in an hour. Uh, so as I, you can't do that with seedlings. And I'm saying with the cost of acorns being so minimal, um, you can put in a lot of trees in a day. Sure. So are you just doing the nuts or in the case of trying to do pumpkins or plums, just doing one seed at a time, just dropping it down that tube? Yes. Yes. Okay. Each, each core you pull out, you put a seed in there, you cover it up with your with your core and firm it up with your foot and walk on. If the soil, if there's a, a lot of leaf, litter on the ground, I'll kick it away and to get to the bare soil, and then I'll put my um, tube into the ground and extract the, the core. Now, Lowell, I thought that was pretty interesting that, you know, guys are finding different ways to help you innovate, if you will, and, and planning different things. I know one of our buddies, um, Brad Thomas, he's uh, out in Iowa. He's going to consider using one for bald cypress trees. Okay. Um, you know, that's just another thing you can do with this. And I, I thought it was pretty interesting that you ended up, you know, some of your some of your service, I, I just urge these guys to give you a call and just talk to you because, you know, you're, you're similar to like a guy we had on a few times before, Charlie Morris, just one of these knowledgeable guys who is a pleasure to talk to. And I would just encourage people to call if they have any questions. But um, I liked how you followed up with your customer, down in North Carolina, like a year later, just to see mm -hmm. how he's doing. Uh, you know, I mean, have you talked to other customers of yours? And, and what are people doing with these squirrel, one and squirrel 1.5? What's the normal use? Um, well, they, um, you know, they what 
some people, if they don't have acorn or if they don't have oak trees growing on their property, they can prep a site by removing some trees. If they do a winter cut, I, I've encouraged people, landowners that if you plan on a winter cut and you want to start acorns on your or oak trees on your land, plant it in the late, late fall prior to freeze up. The nut stays in stratification, which means it's dormant. And then after the cut in the winter, that nut is already in the ground. When that sun comes out in the spring, that nut will emerge, uh, or that um, nut, um, root will emerge from the um, acorn underground. And it's in competition with the, you know, how quickly um, forest start growing back with a lot of uh, smaller vegetation, but your uh, acorn is in the ground and ready to go when you um, when that sun comes out in the spring and hits the ground. Now, are you like, is that a natural stratification process then that you're doing by putting it in in the fall and letting it sit there in the ground with the winter? Well, see, now the, <clears throat> I mentioned earlier about gathering acorns yesterday. Um, I'm going to float test them. And the ones that float will not grow. You throw those out. The ones that sink, you save. And then after I float test them to check for germination, whether they'll germinate or not, um, then I will uh, uh, sanitize them with a little household bleach in the water. This kills a lot of the ground spores and so on. So that you don't get mold growing in your... Um, I put them in uh, like baggies and I put them in refrigeration and then you won't get mold growing on your acorns if you use a little household bleach in water to, to sanitize it. And then, but you want to keep the acorns during stratification. You want to keep them damp. Um, don't let them dry out. Don't just set them in a corner in the garage. Keep them stratified by, by in, in moisture on them. And then um, you, if you store them in about 34, 38 degrees, Um, you know, in the spring, you'll be set to go because, and all of a sudden, it seems like even when they're in refrigeration, they'll bust open and it will um, uh, start sending out a sprout. And so that sprout, you want to get them in the ground fast because those sprouts grow pretty fast and the root, uh, you don't want them to get too large or they won't go down the tube. You want to plant them early spring or late, late fall. And when you plant it late in the fall, prior to like a logging operation, um, that nut will stay stratified, just like in refrigeration underground, until such time that the sun warms the ground and causes the nut to break open and, and, and uh, come out. Um, but I, I, I really encourage people to put them in in the fall. Uh, that's the, to me, is the best time. And the second best time, of course, would be in the spring, early in the spring. So are you, are you suggesting that one should collect acorns now, if you will, and then stratify them in the fridge for a while and then put them in the ground in the fall as well? Exactly. Put them, get them stratified, keep them damp so that husk stays, you know, pliable. And then get them in the ground as soon as you can in the fall, uh, you know, after, I mean, just prior to the freeze-up. Okay, now you mentioned a couple of things about 
planting these before you have a timber company come in. I can see how that could be advantageous, right? You're you're not going to have the crew running over all your, you know, seedlings from last year if you did it the year prior. Um, the tops are going to help, you know, protect the, the seedlings next year when they pop up um, from deer browse and animal browse. Um, all right, is there any direction or location that one would want to consider when planting these? Are, are some soils better than others? Um, certain, you know, sunlight areas, you know, west facing or anything like that? Or, or where, what's like your perfect condition to, to plant these in um, if you're going to do it before a logging operation? You know, before a logging operation, a lot of times I'll plant them even by the base of an existing tree because the logging equipment doesn't go up, you know, and run over, you know, areas near a tree. And um, I like to, a lot of times, because of the moisture, um, like little pockets, I'll put them in little pockets. I, I, I just put them in a whole variety of areas. But if you prep the site, and um, it's like any plant, it needs sunlight. So um, having um, having a site prepared or a logging operation, uh, burnover areas. Uh, I had a, I sold one to a gentleman out in California that uh, his, this fire went through and completely decimated his forest. And, and he said he's got to start all over. So um, he ordered a, a planter and some um, acorns from me so he could start uh, regenerating his uh, forest. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, I think that's, you know, when you're when you're going through the, the motions of this, if you're putting in a, a one-year-old tree or, or a certain oak tree and you have to dig a hole, protect it, all that good stuff, um, you're, you're going for quantity here, which will improve your success rate overall, I think. You know, if you have 100 trees instead of 10 trees, you know, in five years, I think you're going to end up in a better situation now. Is there any other sort of location that, that you want to be aware of in terms of soil? How about in a, in a sandy soil area like we have a lot in Michigan? Is that a good thing? Uh, do you like more of a lowland? What are you thinking of there? No, I, I mean, it should be in a, a, a fairly well-drained soil. But, um, you know, and see, that's, that's one of the reasons that taproot that I mentioned earlier is so important. That taproot drives way down into the ground. If you ever try to pull a little seedling out of an oak tree, you'll find out what a tug of war that will be. Because that taproot, um, you might have uh, three inches above ground, but underground it's eight, nine inches. And that taproot is very, very critical. And Interesting. It, so I think even in sandy soil, I've seen it growing very well. Uh, the big thing is deer browse. Um, if you're in a heavy deer browse area, um, uh, you're going to lose some. Um, I was concerned when I first started planting back in the 90s and I was getting deer browse on my um, oak trees and the forester said, you know, let it go. Another shoot will come up. And so, sure enough, and, you know, you'll actually go by some areas where it looks bushy because it's been browsed off several times and uh, it's, but the root is in the ground and it'll send up another shoot. That's what's nice about the oak. Um, it, uh, but in, like the forester told me, he said, someday uh, the deer will miss it and 
he says there will be such a root structure in the ground that it'll shoot up three, four feet in a year's time. Yeah, no, we're we're familiar with that. We actually just had a, a gentleman on from Morse Nursery telling us the the same thing, and you know they prefer that that oak browse, that young growth, and you know you might have a bush after that or some good growth because the roots are also there, right? So you're still you're still shooting up that stalk the next year or after it's been off, kind of with a vengeance. And and you know you you can uh, protect the area with there's different uh, products out like tubes that you can put over if you have like uh, you know a dozen oak trees that you want to keep you might want to consider putting uh, protection over it to protect it from the deer either a tube or you know putting up a fencing unit to keep the deer out um, I've done that and and that works too um, so uh, it depends on how many oaks you want to do and how much you want to put into this too you know it's but like I say you, you put in a lot of oak trees they're not going to get them all. No, that sounds great. I think between that and and the treetops from you know from the logging operation protecting them as well, uh, you could have a pretty good stand, pretty good mm-hmm. stand going. And, and I like how you talked back about testing your your acorns. Just an FYI for anybody out there, that's a very fun project to do with your, your little kids. You know, I did it with my girls maybe three years ago, and uh, I'll never forget it. It was a great time. Yeah. No, it's, it's uh, well, like I said, I, I have two, you can buy these rollers that can pick up the acorns. You don't have to get on your hands and knees and pick them up. You can buy, um, um, they're, they're like a little basket, and you roll them over the acorns, and you pick them up, and you just pull, separate the, and dump them into the um, five-gallon pail, and it works slick. And like I said, my wife and I went out, and we rolled up uh you know, 10 gallons of acorns in, in, in probably an hour's time. And, um, but the acorns were really heavy. There was a lot of acorns falling, you know. Yeah, is that one of those uh, tools that some of the nut farmers use to pick up yes. the harvest? Okay. Yes. Describe and, that a little bit better for the viewers what that or the uh, listeners for what that looks like. Well, it's, it's a single handle. It has a, like, it looks like a wire basket on the bottom. Um, I bought mine on, I think it was Amazon. Um, I noticed I was out at Menards, um, the other day and they had a, several of them on an end cap. And when I'm out using it, it's amazing how many people will stop and say, where did you get that tool? They have, um, oak trees in their yards and they want to clean up. And I, yesterday when I was out picking up, uh, acorns with the roller, a woman stopped and I said, what do you do with your acorns after? And she says, um, oh, there, I have a deer hunter that's right next to me and he takes them. I said, oh, she just wanted to clean up her yard and she was going to give her acorns to the deer hunter next door for feed. So <laughs> I uh, I was hoping I could get her acorns, but anyway, <laughs> they were spoken for. Yeah, for sure. So um, are you having any customers different areas of the country they're having uh higher success rates than others are you seeing like an average success rate for when it comes to how many of these percentage wise you're going to get to survive um you know i i just planted a a forestry company cut right up to one of my um my north line on one of my properties and um i went out in a skid trail i had acorns last fall late and I 
punched a bunch of them in the ground. And and um, now I, I was just showing my son the other day. I said, look at all the red leaves. The leaves are turning red on these little oaks coming up. And um, <clears throat> some people, I had one gentleman that uh, he tried it in the um, coal mining area, but the soil was so wet and boggy, he had a heck of a time, you know, working with it. And uh, and that's another thing is when you plant it, uh, one gentleman said, well, he's having problems planting. And I said, well, what's the, what is your weather been in, in conditions, you know? And he said, well, it's been very rainy. And he was saying it was so sticky trying to um, drill the holes in the ground. And, and I said, well, do it, let, wait a couple of days and, and, you know, try it. So I encourage you people to call me, talk to me about, you know, if they do have an issue with it, uh, uh, you know, um, but there are very few and far and in between. But I, I, I enjoy talking to the gentlemen, you know, when they call. And, and um, it's interesting because I, I have a passion for this planting acorns. <laughs> Yeah, so do you get many calls with some success stories, maybe some big projects, customers have had some really good success? Yes. I Well, I think there's one on my website that uh, they were planting, they had cut their 40 acres and they were reforesting it, he and his wife, and they took pictures of their dog. I, I don't know if my wife put that picture of the dog in the, in the planter and they were showing uh, um, how they just went through and planted a big area and and like that gentleman that talked about the plum, plum tree that talked or sent me an email yesterday, he um, uh, he said he's planted many and he's going to plant thousands more. So I don't know what he's planting, but he he he's excited about it. So I asked him if I could put it on my web page, and he said certainly. So um, you might see that pop up on my web page. Yeah, Lo, I think that one that you had up there weren't they planting something like. 10,000, 12,000, or like 20,000 acorns throughout that 40 acres or something like that. There's some yeah. astronomical number. Yes. I mean, they had gathered, I think they planted everything they picked up, and they had thousands of acorns. <laughs> so people enjoy doing it. And, you know, it's not a strenuous thing. Um, it's something that you can even have. It. I was hoping to get, if I had more time to do it, getting into the school force where kids could even, go and plant trees and, and, and it's a simple tool to use and yet um in the, and and the, and the kids wouldn't mind picking up acorns and, and planting them you know with a little direction and um but um most anyone can use it it's um it's um something that i think is good for the environment and um and wildlife as well so now I thought of a question there. You guys are picking up what normally white white oak or red oak or what are you normally grabbing? We normally up in the upper peninsula is basically red oak, um, and I know the deer prefer the white oak. And and again, from what I understand, you know, I haven't had much experience planting white oak, but they almost break out immediately when they hit the ground. Um, you got to get those slowed down or get them in the ground that fall. Um, but if you get them in refrigeration, get them in that stratification area, I think that would slow that process down and be and you'll be able to plant the white oaks in in the late fall. But you can't, you know, you just can't leave them there and go digging around in the leaves looking for them. But as soon as they fall, get them picked up. And that's why I said yesterday was fantastic when the wind was blowing and 
and um, they were coming down like rain. So um, that was my signal to get out there and start gathering them. No, that makes perfect sense. So you're saying that the white oak tend to sprout quicker, so you could actually maybe have them sprout too soon in the fall? Yeah, yeah get them. Get them um, I, I would get them from a few people I've talked to about white oak. They, they, they said that, you know, they, they come down and it doesn't take long, a couple rains or something, and they start splitting. So um, I would get them picked up. I'd watch closely and grab those and get them in the refrigeration, you know, and, and uh, clean them up. And if you're going to put them in the refrigeration, I think that sanitizing um, is important because, you know, you want to keep them damp, but then if there's any any bacteria or, or ground spores, um, and then uh, I never mentioned this, but somebody asked me one time, well, why, why are they floating, the acorns, you know, when I float test them? There's a weevil that gets in them. Now, I, it's a white weevil with a black head, and I was talking to one guy, he uses those acorns, he keeps them because he gets that weevil out and he uses them for pan fishing. So um, <laughs> I've never done that, but I mean, gentleman was telling me about it, but he said that little white worm with that black head, he said on a hook is great for pan fishing. So there's yeah, a it fishing sounds like a spike to me. Yeah, it sounds like a little, <laughs> little spike, little larva. I think... Uh, that takes some patience to go crack open every every acorn that's a dud and pull the worm out of it. <laughs> yeah. but, now, uh, back on the the acorn subject, are there have you ever tried like swamp white oak acorns? You know, maybe some of the hybrid acorns that like Morse would sell. Anything like that? Have you got have you gotten a little crazy and tried anything like that, or just because you're in the UP, you stick to what works with the red oaks? Well, and, and you know there's. There's, um, I, I, I haven't had any experience with swamp oak, and I, I mean, there's, I think, 94 different types of oak trees around the world, but um, I, um, I haven't had my experience, I had any experience with it, and I don't know the growing zone of which they will, you know, uh, grow in. Uh, where I think we're in zone four, and um, so um, it depends on. The, the zone and you know where they are. Um, I'd like to, but like I said, I wish we had more white oak up here. But it's a little bit far north for white oak. I know the deer prefer them, but yeah, I think um, you could really go wild with this. I mean, anything that's smaller than an inch and a half in diameter, you could plant with this. Right. Uh, so I think that your new version is is huge. I know that. I'm going to think I'm going to be starting a new project on, on some acreage in northern Michigan, so I'm going to be considering a diversity of nuts to be planting here and, and see what I can figure out. Now, are there any areas where competition might might hurt? Or, like, say you're in a clear cut, like an aspen planting. Would you think there would be too much competition with that aspen regeneration, or would the oaks just live through it as the aspen gets older and it'll take over eventually? Well, aspen, as you know, is a very fast-growing tree. Um, oak trees don't go, grow as quickly as aspen. Aspen, my gosh, they'll put a couple feet on in a year. And um, But if you prep the site, there's different ways of prepping the site. If you're cut over an aspen area, you can um, treat it with herbicide and 
you know, knock the aspen down while, when it's young and then go in and plant. Um, but uh, aspen, oh, that's, a, that's a bad one um, to get oaks growing in. Um, I, I, I would have a lot of difficulty with that, I think. But uh, I think if you, um, if you treat them with herbicide, um, that would be one way to try it anyway. And I know aspen, aspen is good for grouse and so on, but, uh, you know, and, and, you know, it's good to have a diverse forest, um, that would attract different, different, um, animals. Yeah, I think, uh, made me think about that. Northern Michigan, they, they clear cut a lot as, as you're familiar with. And I know that it seems the aspen region is what I see the majority of the time, but they're still leaving oaks out there to seed into the aspen, you know, seed trees, if you will. So I'm wondering, eventually I think it's got to turn from aspen into an oak forest because I don't think they're treating every clear cut with herbicide up there. But I don't know. I'll have to ask uh, somebody in that, that neck of the woods, I guess. Yeah. No, I, 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 I like I said, I, I think it would be tough, you know, working with aspen. But um, I, I, um, I think that um, if – if you're determined enough, and depending on how big of an area you want, you know, you don't have to do hundreds of acres of oak. Uh, if you do some, you know, get some good trees producing, and if you, you even if you take and um, cage them up or um, tube them, you know, to protect them, um, depends on how much work you want to put into it. Yeah, you bring up a good point there, too. You know, instead of making a big, giant uh 30-acre, 20-acre, whatever size you work your butt off, the smaller clumps make yeah. it easier to pattern the deer once you have those little clumps that are dropping and the deer aren't just feeding everywhere. Right. You know, you, you can turn a ridge in the woods into an oak, if, uh, you know, if you like I said, if you plant it. I, I, I'm such a strong believer in getting those seeds in the ground prior to a logging operation. Um, you know, if it's... If I planted... <clears throat> What happened on one of the plants I did, um, the company was going to come in and cut part of my uh, property. So my grandson and I went out. We planted 500 acorns in this one. Um, it was um, soft maple. And I thought, well, they'll cut it this winter. Next spring, the oaks will be in the ground, ready to go. Well, we got snowed out. We got heavy snow, and the logger didn't get in there. But yet the oaks came up. And so I went through and I tied a little um, orange ribbon just to show different people that, you know, it does work under story planting them in advance. And, you know, I wouldn't be at all surprised. I would have pretty good regeneration anyway, even after a year or two, even though it's little whips, even if they got run over by by one of the logging equipment, you know, they spring up and, and and then the root is in the ground if it does get broken off, um, so it, they'll send up another shoot. But um, I haven't been able to get that section cut yet. But one of these days we'll cut it. Yeah, I've I've seen that happen myself. If I've cut new trails through the woods, sometimes the the tractor will just push the oak over while I'm mowing and not cut the stem, and that thing will just keep springing back up and, until you actually sever it. It, they're pretty difficult to kill for sure. Right. Yeah, so you mentioned this not being a super strenuous uh, endeavor here with this tool that you've created. 
walk us through the design that you came up with and how you made it easy on people's backs and any other features that you thought of through for that. Well, I went over to invent NMU with my prototype that I had originally made. And so they, as part of the involving the students at uh, Northern Michigan University, they allowed the students to pick it apart, work on ergonomics as far as, okay, we're all different heights and so on. So they came up with an ideal height for most people. You know, we can't. We can't make it adjustable for everybody, but we we worked through the ergonomics of it, and then we considered other pro, um, we considered other uh, materials like um, um, uh, different types of plastics to make it instead of steel. We made this out of all this is all steel product, and it weighs approximately seven pounds. Um, but we thought about how. Would this enter into the, if you were planting all day, the fatigue of carrying a seven-pound uh, tool around with you all day? But, um, you know, it, it. I think it's, um, I like the the steel part of it because it is um, pretty indestructible. Um, so um, they worked on that. They worked on, they even, one forester said, well, you could put a GPS tracking system on it where you could locate every tree you plant in the woods. I said, come on, guys, we got to get this cost. <laughs> I mean, you know, and they were talking about multiple feeding automatically the acorns into it. I said, you're adding weight to it. Uh, we, we talked about all these things. Before um, we came up with the final design, I sat around a table with five different foresters. And we put the thing on the table and said, okay, pick it apart. What are we going to do? How do we change it? How do we make it better? Is it, is it, how do we make it um, more user-friendly? Um, and that's how we went about it. And, and different foresters had all different ideas. Like I said, they were doing uh, GPS tracking systems on it. And I said, oh, man. I mean, I would have a multi million dollar project here if I kept up with them. Sure. But, yeah. Um but it was it was interesting. I, I, I enjoyed the whole process, you know. But um and they and they tried different heights and how much pressure and whether it should be um um sharpened the edge of it. Um and there were so many things they went through and then I, I picked the color. I said I want hunter orange. And they said, well, why do you want hunter orange for the squirrel? I said, because if you put it down somewhere in the woods, you can find it. And uh, so anyway, um, that's why, where it got its color from. They even talk, we even talked about color. I mean, should it be white? Should it be orange? It, you know, we, we debated all of these things. <laughs> right. And then the patenting process on it was just unbelievable. I, I received that two months ago, the final patent number. It was patent pending, but the patent people out in Washington, they just kept going over it all around the world trying to find if I was infringing on somebody else, but they finally issued me my patent number. So, <laughs> so I have my U.S. patent. Well, your next stage, after you get done doing all this with the squirrel, you could go into making videos on how to develop products. That's quite a process you went through, and how long did that take? Well, that uh, when we were 
over at Northern, it took us over a year to invent NMU. They, they tried different sizes, um, different materials. They tried different, like I said, they tried plastic. They tried different things to see what would be most cost effective. Um, and we ended up with, with this, um, uh, design. Um, they actually welded them up. The students at, at the, um, training center, they welded up the prototypes and, and, um, they kept evaluating what they were doing. It was an interesting process. But I, I'm glad I went through it. Um, it takes time, but, you know, it it worked out well, I thought. Well, congratulations on getting your own patent. That's always been a, a pretty awesome achievement. I'd love to have my own someday. That's that's amazing. And, and I think um, back to your thing about the GPS, I mean, a lot of these hunting apps these days, Onyx or, or whatever you want to use, they have – a tracking feature where you can track through the woods. You know, you're tracking a deer, your trail. If you turn that on while you're, you know, running and throwing acorns in the ground, you can see, okay, well, I got this two-acre spot done over here. Right. I got right. this three-acre spot done over here or half-acre here. Um, so just keep yeah. that in mind. It's kind of a kind of a tip if uh, anybody ends up trying out. I, I know that's what I'm going to try to do to keep – keep my story straight, but if you do an oak grove over here, a chestnut grove over here, and then you have it all mapped out, you know, to the point. Right. Um, right. Exactly. But I wasn't going to start putting that onto my acorn planter, you know. No, <laughs> no. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I want to um, I want to have you pull up that one of your planters and see if they're behind you. Let's just spend a quick minute and, and grab that. I know the listeners are going to have to go over to YouTube to, to see this. Um, but there'll be a link below and, and we got your video on our website, but there it is. There, that's the, uh, 1.2 or 1. That's the 1.5. That's bigger yeah. than the one I saw. Yep. And, uh. All powder coated? What's that? Is it all powder coated? Yes. It's all powder coated and rubber grips on the top, plastic handle that you push down to depress the, um, uh, pour back into the ground. Awesome. And then, and then you step it down. And uh, if you drop you drop the acorn down or you're not down into this hole and that long tube directs your nut down into the hole. And this one of course cuts cuts your core out. Awesome. Yeah, I can see it all. There's a little difference in size. They're basically the same, but uh, this the one in this one here is the 1.5 is about a pound heavier than the normal squirrel. Sure. Now you have these on your on your website at nutplanter.com for anybody who's interested. There'll be a link below as well, as I always okay. say. Um, what are these retailing at? They retail at one forty nine ninety five. Awesome. And um, then plus shipping and, and handling. Um, but uh, I even sold one over in Denmark. I think I told you that. Uh, <laughs> it, but that was a treat too. I mean, that was an experience that I went through as far as getting through customs that had to go to Chicago. 
and flew it. It was taken to Chicago. Customs had to approve it, you know, and then I had to fill out all the custom forms and and it was half the cost of the, the acorn planter to send it. So I, because I wanted, went over in Denmark, I helped the guy out with the shipping, but only that one time. I just wanted to get one over there. It was interesting that it went to Denmark, but I helped them a little bit on the shipping cost. That's good marketing. So, what's that? That's good marketing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just a testament of what kind of guy you are. And, and like I said earlier, I urge people then what you said, give give Lowell a call. Talk yeah. tree planting with him. I mean, this well, guy obviously loves it. You know, I, I love I love to talk tree planting. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I encourage all my people to call me and, uh, you know, uh, if they ever have any questions. And uh, I surprised one the other day. I sent him an uh, email that asked him how things were going with it. He was shocked that I followed up with him. And, uh, but it was interesting. But I, I still believe in that customer service. I'm, I'm at that age, you know, where um, I believe in talking to people and so on. But, um, yeah, but I, I'm willing to uh, help some people out if they want, if they're interested. And this, this, by the way, for the landowners and their wives and husbands and so on that want to give one as a gift, this is a good Christmas gift. This time of the year, they got to start thinking about it. And if they like to, you know, that hard-to-buy person that they, now, wouldn't you like an acorn planter under your tree? <laughs> I would for sure. I would. I would. Yeah, I, I know uh, it's going on. It's going on my list if I don't buy one ahead of that. I think. Um, I think, and and that kind of leads right into how we're gonna wrap this up here. You have a special discount for um, Habitat podcast listeners. Is that right? I do. I will. I will take ten percent off until Christmas, twenty twenty one. If they're interested, uh, I'll help them all with their Merry Christmas. All right. Well, that's very gracious of you guys. You heard it here. Um, grab it before Christmas because after that, it's gone. I know that uh, Lowell, your, your website, so they can, they can call you and talk to you in order, which is probably the preferred way because you learn a bunch. Uh, two, yeah. they can they can email you um, and say that they, they heard you on the podcast to get the discount that way. Or if right. they buy online, they can put a note, what, in, in the instructions or the notes online on your website? How does that work? Well, they could put it. There's a there's a place for uh, mailing instructions, or just put a note somewhere on the order that um, that um, you had heard it on uh, podcast, and I'll give them their discount. That's or if they want to call me, I think my, my phone number is there also. But uh, they can get a hold of me on the web at uh, nutplanner.com, or or my mailing address is nutplanner at gmail.com. The original, the original, not nut planter two or three, just nut planter. Right. Right. So, Lowell, this has been an awesome chat. I don't think I was asking this question yet when we had you on. Um, so, so humor me here. I might already know the answer, but what is your favorite tree? My favorite tree? <laughs> it has to be. And, you know, <laughs> I taught. I taught school for 30 years, and I was a woodshop teacher. Would you believe that? And um, But I like walnut to work with. I like walnut. I like oak. I like my hardwoods. My camp, oh, yeah. 
uh, on one of my properties. I have it's it's all done in uh, black ash paneling. Uh, it's considered poor man's oak, and uh, I use that to put on the walls and the ceiling of my camp. And then um, my other camp, I have a, a log interior, um, and I used um, aspen of all things. You know, I, we talked about aspen. I used aspen paneling in reverse, and I put it on horizontally in uh, the bedroom areas. And uh, it's a white with dark brown, or with a brown uh, color in it. It looks good. Wow, I'd love to see a picture of that Aspen paneling sometime. You should uh, email me one over. That's awesome. You'd love it. If you come to the UP sometime, I'll I'll have to take you down here. Because when you close the door, I made all the doors. I made all the cabinets. And one side of the door is Aspen, and the other side of the door when you close it is uh, pine, depending on which side of the room you're on. So, wow. Anyway. <laughs> right. That's awesome, Lowell. Uh, I, I just want to thank you for your time today. Um, you know, the, you got a bunch of great information here. We're going to keep, you know, working with you, and uh, hopefully get some of these tree planters, these nut planters, these squirrels out to the masses here. I know, um, like I said, if you're planting a bunch of trees, a bunch of acorns, this thing will save you time. Lowell planted like four of them in front of me within like 10 seconds at that campsite. So I've seen it work. It's, it works. Uh, cool invention, Lowell. I'm proud of you. That's awesome. Okay. Thanks, Jerry. Nice talking with you. Thanks, Lowell. Thank you so much, listeners, for coming and listening once again to the Habitat Podcast. We really appreciate it. If you could, please do us a favor. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. If you type out something nice, I will send you a free Habitat Podcast decal. If you haven't been to our website, HabitatPodcast.com, we have our Habitat property consultation services on there under the land plan tab. Check out our HP land plans there. We also have hats, t-shirts, and decals up at habitatpodcast.com. Of course, all of our podcast episodes. And then we have a new Habitat Podcast journal where you can learn about deer anatomy and some cool thoughts, um, you know, more of a blog post from us every now and then. We'd really love it if you went over to our Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube found the Habitat Podcast, and please subscribe. That really helps us. And thank you very much to our sponsors. I'd like to thank Exodus Trail Cameras, The Squirrel at NutPlanter.com, Packer Max Cultipackers, Afflictor Broadheads, Killer Food Plots, Michigan Whitetail Pursuit, Realtree United Country Lamb Pro, Lake States Realty and Auction, and Morse Nursery. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in once again. Get back with us soon. We're going to have another great episode for you as we become better habitat managers.